The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, and welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk, and today we're speaking with Udo Erasmus, a revolutionary author who first published his book on fats in 1986 when the world was going low-fat. Now, fats that, the book Fats That Heal and Fats That Kill has over 200,000 copies in print. He is also the co-author of Omega-3 Cuisine, which is Recipes for Health and Pleasure, which is a delicious cookbook of how to get your fats in your diet. So, Udo, welcome to the show. Hey, Rebecca, thanks for having me. Uh, so how did you get involved writing about fats, especially in a time when, when people were, were trying to avoid them? Well, there's nothing like a disaster to get your attention. I got poisoned by pesticides, and when the doctors couldn't help me, so I was left to my own devices. I have background in science and biosciences, and so I went to the research and said, look, body's made out of food, so if something goes wrong, improve your, the quality of your food. So I started reading about health and nutrition, ended up in the area of oils because I found out how much damage is done by oils by the way that industry processes them before, you, before they put them in the bottles, before you even buy them. And I realized there were 6 million damaged molecules in a table for every bo- one of the body's 10 trillion cells in a tablespoon of oil the way industry makes them. I said, you know what? That's associated with inflammation, with cancer, with lots of degenerative conditions. I can't get healthy on oils like that. We should make them with health in mind. And so I developed a method for making oils with health in mind. And I, I published a book that's now called Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, in order to tell the story. Because I thought, gee, there must be other people who are as surprised as I am by the damage done to oils and the health damage that that can do to health. So that's what got me going. I got poisoned, and then I got smart, and then I became really interested in health, and then out of that came everything else. So in, in the time that you first wrote the book, why do you think, or in this, you know, I think this still happens as well because we went so long avoiding fats. Why do you think there is so much confusion about this? I think there are two main issues. One is that we've been told carbs have four calories per gram, proteins have four calories per gram, Fats have nine calories per gram. Therefore, if we eat fats, we get too many calories very quickly and we will get fat. What was missed in that is that when you eat fats, they actually suppress appetite and they turn on fat burning, especially if they're the right kind of fats. And eating fats is not associated with making you fat, but eating carbs, which we then went to. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we ate more carbs since 1980. And more people become overweight because carbs 
turn on fat production. When you eat more than you burn, you're going to wear them, and they turn into fat, and that's how you wear them. So that was the first one. The second one is the idea that if you eat fat, you're going to get fat. That has sort of a little child logic to it. It just happens not to be true in the way the biochemistry of the body works. But those are probably the two main reasons. And then the third reason was there were some people, uh, you know, fats are more sensitive. They have shelf life issues. Carbs are shelf-stable for years. And there were some very powerful, aggressive people who pushed the low-fat, high-carb agenda. And that was the third reason why there's so much confusion about fats and why we actually took the wrong step and overweight went from 30% of the population to 60%, actually 25 to 60% of the population in the years that we promoted, that the government and all the institutions, American Health Association, that they promoted the low-fat diets. Overweight went from 25 to 60% of the population. I think that's a pretty significant number, and, and I, you know, we're seeing that still increase, but I think... Um, you know, since carbs are so addictive, and as you said, fats, you know, help with the yeah. cravings, um, yeah. we're probably still stuck in that old mindset. It takes a long time to change yeah, that once it's it, happened. It's, it's very hard, uh, you know, it's, it's very hard to convince people who believe that fats make you fat that they should be eating more fat, not less. It's hard to convince them, but once they do, they see results. Yeah. Um, so in your book, you talk about fatty degeneration. What is that? Well, there's two ways to look at it. Fatty degeneration. Degeneration means something breaks down, right? So there's two ways to look at it. One is that the fats break down in the way we process them, the way industry processes them, but also the way we use them in our food preparation in the kitchen, like in the frying pan. Frying fats or frying oils fries health. So that's one way to look at degeneration. The other one is degeneration of the body that involves fats, and the diseases of fatty degeneration uh, cover the gamut. And it's basically because we're not getting enough omega-3, we're getting damaged omega-6s, and we wreck our oils in the frying pan, and that increases inflammation, and inflammation is behind most of our degenerative conditions, including cancer. So fatty degeneration is either the way we damage the fats by processing and food preparation or the, damage, the fats, damaged fats do in our body. That's what fatty degeneration is. Okay, so um, you know, if we you're talking about you know the food preparation, so I would assume with the title of your book, "Fats That Heal" and "Fats That Kill," there are obviously do the fats that kill come with the food preparation, or is there more to it than that as well? Well, yeah, in in nature, uh, in nature, fats are made natural, and they all work whether they're omega-3s, omega-6s, monounsaturated, saturates, the body knows how to deal with them because our genetic program was built in nature and, we're, and it adapts us to live in nature. And the fats were not damaged by nature. They were either damaged by industry or they were damaged by us in our food preparation. So fats that heal turn into fats that kill by the way we treat them. So that's why the book was called Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. You cannot understand fats until you know there are good fats that you have to have that are important for health, and there are bad fats that will damage your health. So you have literally two completely opposite stories on fats, and unless you understand that, you will always be confused about fats. 
Once you understand it, you just have to remove the ones that kill from your diet and bring in the ones that heal, and everything starts to fall into place. So what is it in the food preparation that's happening to the oils? Uh, Well, light, oxygen, and heat damage oils, especially oils. The more liquid it is, the more sensitive it is. So they light, oxygen, heat damage oils. You get free radicals. That gets chain reactions. You get a lot of damaged molecules from that that never existed in nature. Oxygen makes oils rancid. They oxidize. That gets you a whole lot of different oxidation products that don't exist in nature. And then high heat twists molecules, and you get trans fatty acids. All of these did not exist in nature. Our genetic program doesn't know what to do with them because life never had to make a genetic program to break them down if they never existed in nature. So we've created these unnatural molecules, and then they become like monkey wrench into the works. They interfere in places where good oils should go, and molecules of good oil should go, and then they interfere or block the process that should be going on. And it's that blocking that, that derails our body biochemistry for health. And that's why we end up getting inflammation. The immune system's trying to figure out what to do, can't figure it out because it doesn't have any, any tools for dealing with it. And so they accumulate, and as long as they're in the body, they interfere with stuff. So you get inflammation, and then you get chronic conditions in all, kinds of, all different parts of the body. So, I mean, from what you're saying, obviously, if we're, you know, cooking our oils, I'm guessing, you know, the deep frying is is bad for them. But is is there sometimes when we're buying something that maybe we think is okay, that has actually been processed this way that might be damaging to us as well? Well, almost all of our cooking oils, the colorless, odorless, tasteless, tasteless cooking oils that you find on the shelf in all the in all the food stores. They've all been treated with Drano, with window washing acid, then bleached, and then heated to frying temperature. And they already contain 6 million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells in just one tablespoon. And most people use two to four tablespoons of those kind of oils. And imagine uh, 6 million damaged molecules for your cells. They change gene expression. They wreck you. The single worst thing that we've ever invented to do to our diet is the invention of frying with fats and with oils. And oils are worse than fats for frying, but fats are not safe either. When you burn foods, burnt foods burn your health. Every creature in nature eats everything fresh, whole, raw, and organic. Only human beings and the animals we feed eat different from that. We invented that. And we pay a price for that really stupid, from a biological perspective, very stupid invention. So um, how do you find the good fats? What are okay fats to use? Whatever you find in whole foods. So we're talking, there's a little bit in green vegetables. There's a tiny little bit in fruit. There's more in seeds and nuts. Nuts can be very high in fats. All those fats, when the food is in its natural state, the oils in it are not damaging to health. So if you eat only fresh, whole foods, even raw meat like the carnivores do, you're not damaging the fats in the foods. They're not damaged until either the industry gets a hold of the, you know, presses the nuts, gets the oil out, and then treats the oil with these chemical processes, or we throw our oil in the frying pan and then wait till it smokes and then throw our food in and burn our food because with this overhot oil. 
that's when the damage begins. So anytime, so the cooking oils are damaged, the trans fat products are damaged, everybody knows that now. Uh, oils need to be made with health in mind, and the only place where you can go to find those consistently is in the fridge, in the supplement section, in the health food store, where you find them in brown glass bottles in a box. And they're, and they're refrigerated because we need to take great care of these oils because they're the most sensitive of our nutrients and need the most care and should never be used for frying. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people talk about cold-pressed oils. Is that yep. still something that's safer? No. Cold-pressed okay. is a meaningless term. It's an advertising term. It's been used for 100 years to give the implication that you, this is a good oil. But you can call an oil cold-pressed if you, even if you heated it to 250 degrees Celsius, which is the high end of frying temperature. You can still call it cold-pressed because there's no agreed-on definition, so you can define your way around it, and you can call anything the industry, and the industry does, call oils cold-pressed, even when they've been subjected to damaging heat and light and oxygen. So it's a, it's, it's a misleading term. Cold-pressed has no meaning whatsoever because anybody can define it any way they want to. And how are you feeling now about the coconut oil trend that's happening Coconut is, a, is mostly saturated fats. There are two essential fatty acids. One is called omega-3 and omega-6. Those two are both essential. Your body can't make them. You've got to have them. You've got to get them from food. If you don't get enough, you go down. If you don't get enough long enough, you die. And if you bring them back before you die, they, getting them reverses all the problems that come from not getting enough. Coconut is not a good source of either of those two. It is, however, better if you want to lose weight, than carbs. So if you switch from carbs to coconut, uh, that's better for weight management and for dealing with the cravings for, for carbs. Um, but you still need to find another source that gets you the omega-3s and omega-6s. So what okay. I say to people is make sure you bring in your omega-3 and 6 in the right ratio, not damaged. Do that first. Make sure you're doing that. And then you can use coconut oil uh, after that, um, because coconut will not get you those. So if somebody says, well, coconut is the only oil you need, that's, that's just absolutely not true. Okay. Essential and fatty acids is what you need. Coconut is, a, is an additive. It's a, not additive. It's, a, you know, it's optional. You can yeah. live without it, but it's okay when you use it if it's not damaged. And these days you can get undamaged coconut oil, so it's good. Okay. And what, uh, what oils do you recommend for people to get their omega-3 and 6? Well, they, they, for the food oils, the richest source that's easily available is flaxseed oil. But flaxseed oil is unbalanced. Uh, I actually developed a formula for a blend that, because I became omega-6 deficient on flax oil. And the blend is called Udo's Oil or Udo's Oil 369 blend. And, uh, and uh, that way you get the 3s and 6s. Both are not damaged you get them in the right ratio. They're in glass because plastic swells when you put oil in it, and then plastic leaches in, into oil quicker than into, into water. And you find them refrigerated, and you refrigerate them at home, and they're refrigerated at the factory. So we take a lot of care to get you good oils uh, made with care, made with health in mind, and, but we also take the care to make sure that they stay fresh so that they actually support your health. 
Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Udo Erasmus. He is the author of Fats That Heal and Fats That Kill, as well as the co-author of Omega-3 Cuisine, which is a cookbook to help you get your omegas in your diet, um, which is your fats. We're going to be back shortly. If you have any questions about this show, you could message us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email at anantacalgary at gmail.com. We'll be back. future of online tv is here view exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else visit voiceamerica.tv today frankly speaking about cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer the show will invite physicians researchers nurses social workers patients and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk, and we're here today speaking with Udo Erasmus. He is author of the book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, um, which is obviously talking about um, fats in your diet and how they can harm you and help you. He's also the co-author of the recipe book, Omega-3 Cuisine. So Udo, before the break, we were talking about, you know, what fats to do um, to take in your um, your diet to help you. But I, I think one thing that a lot of people are, are thinking here is they're relating fats to cholesterol and how it will increase their yeah. cholesterol. So can you talk yep. about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, fats in the body, fats and cholesterol are made out of acetates. There's two carbon fragments. So they're made out of the same basic stuff. So when you get too much carbs, you will also increase cholesterol production. When you get the, the right kind of oils, like the omega-3 particularly and the omega-6, they will actually help you get rid of cholesterol, and they will actually lower your bad cholesterol levels. Um, this, it's more to it than that. The body can make cholesterol, but it can't break it down. 
So the way the body gets rid of cholesterol it has to be dumped, goes through the liver, gets dumped into the digestive tract. If you have enough fiber, enough probiotics, they will both break down cholesterol and remove it from the body through the toilet. But your body itself cannot break down the cholesterol molecule once it's made. So there has to be the exit mechanism. And then if you get stressed, then your body makes more cholesterol because your stress hormones are made from cholesterol. So there, there are things we do that increase cholesterol production, and there are things we do that prevent the body from removing the cholesterol. So we really have to deal with that. But fats have a different structure than cholesterol. They're just made out of the same basic material. So if you get too many calories in your diet, you will increase your triglycerides, which are your blood fats, which are a cardio risk factor, and you will, get, uh, and you will also raise cholesterol level. Uh, if you get the right kind of fats, they will actually lower. It's crazy. We have a fat that lowers blood fat. The omega-3s do that consistently and, uh, and also lower cholesterol and also lower the other cardiovascular risk factors. So, I mean, you talk in your book about the dangers of low cholesterol, um, mm-hmm. which, which can happen, especially if people are over-medicated. Sometimes they get lower cholesterol and their doctors kind of think, this is okay because it's not high anymore. Right. But what happens right. to the body when that happens? Well, well, first of all, if you, you know, high cholesterol is about 100 times more of a problem than low cholesterol. But you can get low cholesterol from certain diseases including cancer, sometimes people with cancer, before the end, they get low cholesterol. So low cholesterol, cholesterol is important in the body. It's not an enemy. It has many functions. The stress hormones are made from it. The male and female hormones are made from it. Vitamin D is made from it. The bile acids are made from it. And it has functions in our cell membranes. So cholesterol is an important molecule. What's, what is important, though, there has to be a balance. You can't have too much and you can't have too little. More people have too much than have too little. So the, the bigger problem to answer is how do we keep cholesterol from getting too high? And that's maybe getting a little bit more peace in your life, a little more contentment, calmness in your life is good. Dealing with stress better is good. Uh, not overeating is good. And getting, getting a diet where most of the energy comes from good oils instead of from carbohydrates is, is another way to help do that. Okay. And, and when we're, um, you know, I think cardiovascular disease is a, a big thing and a, a big flag for a lot of people when they think about oils. And, and that is something yeah. that hasn't increased. But there's also a lot of people are having immune system issues and things are getting um, I think it's happening more and more, even in, you know, my 11 years of practice, I'm seeing more people having this issue. And how yeah. do how do fats help with that? Okay, the, the omega-3s of all of the fats, the omega-3s are most consistent. They lower every risk factor, for, every major risk factor for cardiovascular disease. So high cholesterol, high triglycerides, high blood pressure. They actually lo- relax arteries and lower blood pressure. High CRP, which is an inflammatory measure. Uh, what else we have? They make platelets less sticky. Uh, so they, they're very consistent if they're not damaged and they're not toxic. So if you want to get them with help, made with health in mind, and then you get very good results from them. The immune system is a whole different thing. The immune system, I look at the immune system or cancer, the, the, the issues, the immune issues. The immune system 
is its function is to deal with toxic molecules or foreign molecules. And the more junk we have our, in our environment, the more damage we do to our immune system and the more our immune system gets tied up in, in trying to deal with all this stuff. Many of them are molecules that never existed in nature, so it's very difficult. You've got to sweat them out or, or breathe them out or, or uh, purge them out. Uh, but even more than that, you've got to choose foods that are not toxic in a world that's full of foods that do have toxins in them. So that's a, that's a much harder problem just because so much industry pollution is, is, you know, the chemicals that we put into our environment, and then they go everywhere, and then everybody eats them, even if they don't want them. So that's a harder issue to deal with. Uh, but omega-3s... Uh, are also helpful in increasing energy levels. That means the cells that deal with our toxins and deal with everything we need to get done in our body have more energy to do their job. So like 40 to 60% increase in energy from uh, getting the right fats in the right amounts in the right ratio. That's, we've done some studies with that. And anything that increases oxidation, and, but then the other one, anything that increases uh, the probiotics, the, 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 the healthy probiotics in our digestive tract, they have a pretty good capacity for breaking down toxins as well. So the oil by itself will not deal with all the immune problems, but the, the oil and the probiotics together, and then lots of water to get rid of the water-soluble toxins, uh, do a pretty good job of helping the immune system or helping the body get rid of the toxins so that the immune system doesn't, doesn't get overloaded. So it, it's part of uh, many things that we need, but it sounds like it's really important. Yeah, we can't, yeah, it's, there's not just one magic bullet, you know. Everything yeah. affects health. How you yeah. feel affects health, how you think affects health, what you eat, whether you exercise affects health, whether you're physically active, really. Uh, you know, who you surround yourself with in terms of people affects your health and, you know, what's going on in your natural environment. All of, all of it affects health, so you pretty much have to give everything it's due if you want to live a whole life. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's probably the naturopathic philosophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, and, you know, and there just is, isn't one thing, and there is no magic bullet. It's uh, Especially yeah. if you have a chronic illness or you just don't feel well and not sure what's going on. Yeah. It's not just about one thing. It's about changing yeah. everything. Yeah, then you have to really yeah. have to put a whole program in place. Yeah, exactly, and get some guidance so you know what to do and where to go with yeah. that. Um, yeah, go go and see Rebecca. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, we talked about um, fatty degeneration, and yeah. so when we're eating these wrong fats, um, can they cause degeneration in our body as well? Yes. Yes, because the damaged, damaged, you know, good molecules damaged become bad molecules, and they then interfere in the body in the places where the good molecules are supposed to do their work. So when, you know, people are having these degenerative diseases, I'm guessing, you know, the fats are a really important thing for them, it probably as a in, starting point. In, in, in Ayurvedic medicine, that's the first thing they address. They make sure that you get the fats right because they say when your fats go off, your hormones go off, and when your hormones go off, everything goes off. Yeah, that's true. So they're, they're very, they're, they're, and because they're the most sensitive of all of our molecules, if we get them wrong, they cause the most problems. L literally, more health problems come from 
bad oils than any other part of nutrition, and more health benefits come from good oils than any other part of nutrition. So that's because protein doesn't get damaged the way oils get damaged, and minerals and vitamins are not that complicated. Uh, so, so the area where the most benefit can happen is from, is from making sure we get oils right. You know, we basically, I say the body needs an oil change just like the car. You've got to dump the dirty oils and you've got to replace it with clean oils. Mm, and I, then, I like that analogy. <laughs> yeah, and then your motor <laughs> starts to hum again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I found interesting is in your book is you, you talk about um, addictions, mental illness, and violence in relationship to oils. Can you just explain that? Well, yeah. If the brain is the brain is is the fat richest organ in the diet, has a lot of omega three and a lot of omega six in it. If your brain isn't made right, you should not expect behavior to be right. And violence is just one. One issue when your brain isn't working right, you're probably more subject to the violence that you see on television and that you see around you. And if you're big, then you're more likely to try and deal with your your inadequacies through violence than if you're a little guy, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. um, so violence. What what else you were talking about? Well, it was it was the the chapter on mental illness. Oh, mental health. I, yeah, yeah, mental yeah. health. Same thing. Mental. You know, you you're. If your brain, if your brain isn't made right, then your thinking is not necessarily going to be right. But you have to understand, there's a physical part that has to do with what you eat and making sure that your brain gets the nutrients it needs. But there's also in violence and in mental illness, there are also thoughts. And so, if you grew up in a, an environment that was not conducive to thinking practically or thinking logically, or thinking in line with harmony then you may have ideas that you're acting out on that are not conducive to living in harmony. So you have to address that, too. That's an educational issue. Mm-hmm. But, it, but I know quite a few psychologists and psychiatrists who, who because they've realized you cannot, you cannot counsel a person effectively if their brain isn't working, that they've said, well, first of all, let's make sure that the brain is working by making sure it's built right. And then the education becomes much easier. And we've seen in, in uh, juvenile delinquents in schools in England, we did a study where they, the kids, they were violent. They, they had like 86 events uh, every month with 40 kids where they would have to interfere because otherwise somebody was going to get killed. And after two months of getting good oils, that incidence went down from 86 to about 14. And not only that, but these kids who were antisocial and they beat up every kid who came in new into this school, what they did without any instructions from any of the teachers, they began to help new kids integrate. And so we were thinking that that was probably uh, because whatever their issue was, they were definitely not getting their food right. And they used like, you know, two tablespoons of good oil a day. Um, Actually, they used one tablespoon. I recommend two to four. But they used one, and and the first month nothing happened. The second month nothing happened. The third month it went down from 86 violent incidents down to 14. And then it stayed that low. And they started to become social. So my thought was that there are social integration networks, you know, because human living is very complicated. 
and there are social integration networks. And when you don't get enough good oils in your diet, then those circuits don't work properly. And so for, for social harmony, making sure that those social circuits are functioning is, is very important. But again, mm-hmm. like I said, there are also, when you have really bad ideas, that, be, that because you grew up in an environment that was not conducive, then you need to also, you may also need to uh, change those thoughts, examine those thoughts, and discard them and replace them with better thoughts, because that doesn't necessarily and doesn't all the time happen by itself. Yeah, well, I think it goes back to your car analogy, you know, dumping out the bad oil and replacing it with good. It's making sure, you you know, the engine's going to run and then driving it properly, right? Yeah, but you also need a good driver. Yeah, exactly. And that's the mind part. um, We're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Udo Erasmus. He is the um, author of Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, as well as the co-author of Omega Cuisine, which is a cookbook about omega fatty acids. We are going to be back shortly. So if you have any questions about this show, you can message us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email at anantacalgary at gmail.com. We'll be back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Children with chronic conditions shouldn't have to just live with it. There are many alternative options that can reduce, reverse, or even eliminate the effects of chronic illness in our children. On Kids Health Revolution Radio with host Deborah Morgan, we'll explore these alternatives to help you take care of your children. It's time to take our kids' health back. Listen every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. The root causes of disease can be better prevented and cured using an integration of modern medicine and holistic healing techniques. Become educated by tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does have its place, but it should not be the only course of action. It's all about regenerating and healing our whole selves through better choices in lifestyle, foods, spiritual connection, and stress management. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk, and we're here today speaking with Udo Erasmus. He's a revolutionary author who first published his book on fats in 1986. The book is titled Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, and we're talking today about your health and good fats and bad fats. So, um, Udo, I mean, we talked um, about, you know, how 
in the beginning of the show um, how oils are prepared. And so I'm sure there's a lot of people listening now wondering um, what they're doing right. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people that, I mean, I grew up putting olive oil on the frying pan and making a stir fry that way. And is, is there, um, you know, something that should be changed in that kind of cooking? Yep. If you, if you go back to Europe and you look at how traditionally olive oil was used, until about 100 years ago, maybe 115 years ago, people cooked their food in water, and they added oil afterward. Olive oil was not traditionally used for frying. It was used for, you know, they pour off the water when the, when the veggies are cooked, and then they put olive oil on after. The idea to, to use olive oil for frying came from an oil industry that wanted to sell more oil, and they said, well, look it, they're using water to cook their food. If we could get them to use oils for cooking, imagine how much more oil we could sell. So it's completely a marketing issue, and of course, they made money on the, on the uh, they increased their profits uh, by miseducating human beings on what's good for health. And they basically says, cook everything in, in oil. In fact, we used to call using oil frying, and we used to call cooking in water cooking. Now, cooking has come to mean cooking in oil. And cooking in, you know, so that even the, the notion, the words have changed. And that was huge misrepresentation. Olive oil is very sensitive, more sensitive than you would expect. When you put it in the frying pan, you burn the food. The, the burnt food will burn your health. The fried oil will fry your health, and the fried foods will fry your health. The single worst thing we have ever invented to do with our food is the use of fats and oils for preparing our foods. Remember, the standard in nature was fresh, whole, raw, and organic. So cooking in water is already a step away from that. Frying in oil is another step, a very big step away from that. And when we do that, every step we take out of line with what nature's standard was, we pay a price in health. And if we don't like the price we're paying, then we've got to change every step we take back in the direction of fresh, whole, raw, organic. We will get something back in health. You know, it'll, it takes some time. But, but basically, every step you take within... Within one year, because 98% of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced every year, within one year, every step you take will get you 98% of the benefit you would get in one year. And if you take all the steps back to fresh, whole, raw, organic, mostly plant-based, all whole food kind of diets, then within a, within a year or two, you can make a very big difference to the to how much energy you have and how good you feel and how much pain you have or how little pain you have uh, just by making, just by changing what you feed your body with. It's very powerful. Well, you know, just when you're talking about how sensitive the oils are to heat, um, you know, it does make sense. And there, there is, you know, some oils in, in almost everything and we're cooking it all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's some damage to all of that, especially when we're yeah. fast cooking them, which is worse. Yeah. Right? And when, yeah. When anytime yeah. you turn food brown or you, you know, or you crunchy it, you make it crunchy, you know mm -hmm. that you've changed molecules from natural to unnatural. 
the burnt on food is unnatural. People sometimes say to me, especially in Alberta, they used to say, I love the taste of burnt food. <laughs> and I would say to them, no, you don't. Because if you scrape that black burnt stuff off your meat and you've concentrated and you took it on a, on a tablespoon and you put it in your mouth, you would find out it's scratchy, it's bitter, it's acrid, and it tastes disgusting. But you're so used to your mother cooking that way and you love your mother and you learned how to eat food from her. So every time you eat it like that, you're, remind, you're reminded of mother love. So you, lo- you love the mother love and you're actually not tasting the food. So I, so I would say, well, you want to separate the mother love from, the, from, the, from what she was bamboozled to do with the food and keep the mother love because it's obviously very good. That's why we're, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. And get rid of the bad habit because, you know, even for the love of your mother, you should try to live a little longer than, than you will if you fry your food. Yeah. So in this category of fats, when we're talking about, you know, overcooking and charring our meat, um, where where does meat lie in this category? Because it does have a lot of fat in it and we are cooking it. So what happens with that? Well, well, first of all, we, we've bred most of the meat, most of the fat into the meat. Because if you look at wild cattle, they're like 2 to 5% fat. And our beef is 20, 25 to 40. Our pork is up to 60 percent fat. We've bred that into them. We basically fatten them because of the way we feed them. And why is that? The farmer gets paid for the weight and the doctor tells you to cut off the fat and throw it away. But you're paying for that fat. So you'd be better to buy lean animals. But that wouldn't but but the grower wouldn't make as much. So there so there's a whole again it's a it's based on on business and profit. So if you look at the diet that human beings developed on, you know, going way back. Mostly when, when humans had rocks to hunt with, they didn't come home with a lot of meat very often. And if they did, it was a marmot or a rat or a, you know, a squirrel or something. So the idea that we are meat, you know, hunter-gatherers is actually not right. We were gatherer hunters because every time the hunters came home without meat, they ate vegetables because the vegetables don't run away. They don't fight back. They're really easy to hunt down and kill. And they are the foundation of everything. Wherever green things don't grow, people can't live. So they were always around. The plants were always around. And maybe the women were the gatherers and the men went to hunters, but the men came home, you know, uh, came home empty-handed a lot. And so vegetables was the basis. And there are many things in the body that, that, that underscore that. For instance, when you eat a lot of red meat, uh, especially men or women after menopause, we, we can get easily get high iron. And then based on high iron, which is a very powerful pro-oxidant, we, get, we can get cardiovascular problems. There's good research on that. Um, so red meat maybe is, is good for women during their uh, reproductive years because they lose iron every month. The men don't lose iron, especially now. We don't fight and scrape as much as we used to. We don't get hurt as much. So we are, we're very good at absorbing iron. We're not very good at getting rid of it. That would have come from a place where there wasn't a lot of iron in the diet. So we had to, for survival, we had to, uh, our, our genetic program had to be developed to be good at absorbing and not good at getting rid of it. It's just one example of, so, uh, 
mostly plant-based whole food diet pretty much uh, is, is the standard. And then meat, you know, maybe three times a year, five times a year, once a month. You know, if you get more than that, uh, other than during women during reproductive years, uh, it's debatable how, how effective that is. And the research is now pretty clear that if you want the longest life and the healthiest life, you want to e- emphasize vegetables, whole food vegetables, not margarine and, you know, sugar, because that's, that's vegetarian too, but whole food, plant-based, and uh, take a B12 supplement because that does come from animal products. So there, we were probably a, uh, on a diet that had a little bit of maybe just worms in our apples or something, uh, that we had a little bit of animal stuff in our, in our diet, but mostly it was based on plants. If you add dairy to that, you actually shorten your life. If you add eggs to that, you shorten your life. If you add fish to that, you shorten your life. And if you add meat to that, you shorten your life. So that's what the research says, and I think the research is pretty strong now. Um, and then when you, and then the the second issue is that when you eat animal foods, try and eat them like without damage. You know, even if we used to cook our stew in water, you know, we put the meat in it, cut it in cubes, throw it in the throw it in the soup, make a stew out of it. The 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 protein wasn't burnt, and you still got the the protein and the benefits from that. So the frying habit is the single worst thing. We do that with meat. If we're going to eat meat, cook it in water. <laughs> you know, people say, I love the taste of burnt meat. No, you don't. <laughs> you know, what do you mean? You want me to boil my steak? Yeah, that's exactly what I want you to do. Cut it in cubes. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with, with eating it in, in the stew. And it was yeah. just as good for you. In fact, it was better for you than it is when you fry it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what what you say about the the meat industry where they're fattening up the meat because then you have to wonder what they're using to make them so fat. They use grains. <laughs> yeah. They feed the meat starch and the starch turns into fat, just like human beings. When we went on the on the low fat diet and went on a high carb diet, you know, it's the same deal. And not only that, they would feed them the grain in the afternoon where they wouldn't work it off by running around, where they would then sleep on their full stomach and all it wouldn't need that energy, wouldn't burn that energy, and then they get better fat production. Hmm. So this is all like scientifically, you know, not scientifically, but practically figured yeah. out. You, yeah. you do whatever you can to, in, to, in order to get the most weight on the animal. And it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's all based on carbs, how carbs work. If you don't burn them, you're going to wear them. They turn into yeah. fat before you wear them because your yeah. body has to get rid of them because otherwise they, they uh, get you diabetes. They flood your blood sugar. You get insulin problems. You get mood problems. You get cravings that keep you eating, and, you keep, and, and they turn on fat production. So if you want to turn on fat production, eat before, just before you go to bed. Because then you're going to sleep, you're not going to burn the energy, it'll all turn into fat. So they've, they've actually done that in the, in the animal meat industry in order to make animals fatter. Hmm. Hope I'm um, not giving anybody good ideas to make f- even fatter meat. 
<laughs> I think they already know if they're doing that. Yeah, but, they probably you know, already know. Yeah, it does concern me um, with what's going on with the meat there um, and, you know, just the quality of our food when we're looking at the fats and how sensitive they are. And then, you know, our meat has, I think you said, 28% more fat than it used to. And yeah. that's still a fat that is just as dangerous Um when you were talking about the quality of the fats and what they can do to our yeah, bodies, and, and the fat that and the fat that the, that uh, they grow on the animals is never the good fat, the omega threes and omega sixes, because the animals can't make those mm-hmm. because it's made out of starch. It only makes saturated and monounsaturated fats. So, so you're not you're not making more essential fatty acids in this meat when you when you do it that way in industry. And then the, the hard fats, because there's so much of them, will actually compete and interfere with the good fats that are essential. So there you, you create another problem out of doing that. Mm. So if people are listening, and this is kind of aside from knowing about fried foods, because I think that's pretty well known, but you know, if they're just um, the rest of this is new to them, where should they start? With changing their diet or changing some things, eat more vegetables. Okay. Yeah, eat and more vegetables and eat whole vegetables. Eat less processed foods. You know, sometimes people say go around the outside of your supermarket because that's where all the good food is—the fruits, the vegetables. Uh, make sure you get those. Make sure you give those emphasis. And uh, and um, the processed foods. There's really. There, there isn't a lot of good things I can say about processed foods because they take minerals and vitamins out of the grain to make white flour. They take all the nutrients out of cane to make white sugar. Uh, most of the processed foods are made with stuff that keeps very well but isn't nutritious. Uh, a lot of it is starch and, and sugar-based. That makes, that makes you fat and interferes with essential fatty acid functions. So uh, basically, stick to whole foods as much as you can. Eat them raw when you can. If you cook them, then cook them in water instead of frying pan. Probably the first thing to do is take your frying pan, pan, turn it upside down, hit yourself on the head with it really hard so it's associated with pain, then throw it out. That'd probably be a good place to start. (laughs) That's good advice. (laughs) Um, I did that. Aside from, um, you know, eating more vegetables, uh, do you recommend people supplement with oils? Or, you know, you said we traditionally put oils on our food. Is that something you recommend yeah. people do? Yeah, well, there's two ways to do that. One is you eat the seeds and nuts. The, the seeds and nuts in, in the oil uh, that I'm talking about, uh, flax, sunflower, sesame are the main three ingredients for omega-3 and omega-6, which you have to have because they're essential, which shouldn't be damaged because if you damage them and they're very easily damaged, then they cause you problems. So eat the seeds and nuts, flax, flax sunflower seeds, sesame seeds. And if your skin is dry, you need more oil. That's how, you, how we measure whether you get enough essential fatty acids or not, because they form a barrier in the skin against the loss of moisture, and that keeps you from dehydrating, that keeps your skin from uh, becoming dry, and your skin will be soft, smooth, and velvety when you get your optimum of oil. You will also end up with more energy. You will also notice within a few months that you process things better, you think better, uh, you, you will have more energy, so you're more likely to be active, active, 
active is really important for health. And um, you won't get the cravings for carbs if you, if you have weight issues. You will start losing weight if you use good oils instead of carbohydrates for your, as your main source of fuel. And we've had marathon runners who said after the end of the marathon, they could felt like they had enough energy to run another one. We've literally measured 40 to 60% increase in stamina in athletes in all kinds of different sports when they get optimized, when they optimize the intake of oil. We say that's a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day of the right foods, you know, and then used in foods, mixed in foods, spread out over the course of the day. They improve uh, uh, flavors, and they improve absorption of oil-soluble nutrients, so they're good for health that way as well. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't say you should all take my oil. I, I, I would say uh, eat as many seeds and nuts as you can, and if your skin is still dry, then, then add enough oil to your foods so that, uh, you know, so that you do get soft, smooth, smooth, velvety skin. And if you have low energy, oil may be... He- more helpful than carbs for that. But you've got to have some source of energy. If you're not going to eat carbs, don't eat no carbs and no fats either because then you have no source of energy. Then your body okay. has to use protein. That's not a good source of energy. So switch out. I call it a fuel shift. Do a fuel shift from, from carbs as your main fuel, starchy and, and, and sweet foods, and make a shift to making oils your your main source of energy. And when you do that, you find you have more energy, your weight normalizes, you feel better, you think better, um, your joints don't hurt if you have joint pains, your inflammation goes down because omega-3s turn into very powerful anti-inflammatories in the body. So, Udo, I'm going to have to interrupt you. Um, I love this topic, but we are going to have to end the show. Um, If anybody wants to contact you, I know your website address is um, just your name, U-D-O-E-R-A-S-M-U-S.com. Dot com, yeah, and also Udo's Choice Health Products is Facebook, Udo's Choice Health Products. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a great show. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks for letting (laughs) me rant. (laughs) This is great. So um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, If you have any questions or comments about this show, you can message us on Facebook or Twitter or email us at anantacalgary at gmail.com. And make sure to make today a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.